With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me. I appreciate you so much. Uh, Hope everyone had an amazing weekend. We have an amazing uh, week of shows lined up for you tonight, my friend Russell Dobular from the incredible show, Do Dissidents. If you're not following Do Dissidents, you should be following Do Dissidents. They've also been making uh, fairly regular appearances over on the Jimmy Dore Show, where they've been killing it as well, so uh, definitely check that out. A couple quick things before we dive into the show. First of all, a reminder, today was the opening of the trial against whistleblower David uh, McBride in Australia. Um, Another reminder that Consortium News is on the ground and in the courtroom, and they will be for the entire duration of the case. Um, Also, journalist Mary Kostakidis, who is an Australian journalist, is also on the ground and in the courtroom, I think, every day as well. Um, So if you're looking for regular updates, that is going to be where you're going to go. I'm a huge fan of both of them, Consortium News and Mary Kostakidis. Consortium News has a special place in my heart, but they are going to be in the courtroom every single day. I do believe that Kathy Vogan will be doing uh, video um, uh, briefings or updates every single day of kind of the gist of what happens. And I think Joe Laurie is going to be doing a write-up a write-up every day. Um, so just a quick, as I'm sure you can imagine, the first day of the case was really just about uh, both the prosecution and uh, the defense kind of setting their case up uh, in the courtroom in front of the judge. Um, so for those of you that don't know, McBride served two terms in Afghanistan as a lawyer with the Australian Defense Force, the ADF. Uh, he's been charged in a five-count indictment for a trial that is expected to last for three weeks. And I am, again, reading from Consortium News here, uh, Joe Loria. Um, So the prosecution argued on Monday that McBride broke laws of military discipline by leaking to the Australian media. McBride's lawyers conceded in court that he indeed broke such regulations, but that he had a duty to the nation that superseded military discipline. Um, So really, uh, as Joe points out here, the trial is shaping up to be a battle between distinct ideas of the military's role in society. Is it to serve the entire community's interest or is it a law unto itself? Um, So I think that this is really going to be an interesting um, case for Australia. <laughs> this is going to determine quite a bit of um, uh, moving forward. This is going to be kind of precedent, not kind of, it is precedent setting. Um, so in 2014, McBride made internal allegations after learning of murders of Afghan civilians by Australian soldiers. McBride then began leaking evidence to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the national broadcaster, between 2014 and 2016. So for those of you who very often complain about whistleblowers and say that they should go through proper channels, As usual, this whistleblower also tried to go through proper channels. Nothing happened. And when nothing happened, he then went to the media, um, which I've always thought that that was a ridiculous argument. I don't I, I follow a lot of whistleblowers, a lot of whistleblower cases. I don't know of one where they did not attempt to go through proper channels first. And then due to lack of any response or whatsoever, anything whatsoever, uh, they then had to go into uh, uh, you know, further into the media. Um, so Australian Major General Justice Paul Barrington began an investigation in May 2016 and made public findings in tw- November 2020 that pointed to, quote unquote, credible information about Australia's Australian war crimes. The Barrington report accused Australian special forces of murdering 39 unarmed Afghans. So that is what David McBride exposed. Um, And so this court is uh, really just about, it's about 
punishing truth tellers again, yet again, here we go again. Also, I did just want to mention too, that today, Suella Braverman, who was the home secretary in the UK was fired today. Um, or sacked, as they like to call it. Um, and James Cleverly is now taking over the Home Secretary position. Um, and as my friend Bean, uh, Somerset Bean on Twitter, he if you don't know who Somerset Bean is, go check him out. Um, he has a website. He also obviously is on Twitter at Somerset Bean. He does all kinds of free stuff for um, uh, Assange, uh, did stuff for Chelsea Manning, does stuff for David McBride, a lot of uh, digital art, um, posters, flyers, buttons, you name it. If you need something, if you need like a pamphlet, an informational packet, whatever, go and you can download that stuff for free and print it out. Um, uh, and Bean's awesome. So uh, James Cleverly, who is now the UK Home Secretary, said, quote, the UK stands with journalists who face persecution in the pursuit of truth, end quote. And so to that, I say, prove it, sir, and free Julian Assange. Uh, he's not going to do that. But um, I just think it's worthwhile pointing out the hypocrisy of all of these people. Obviously, Suella Braverman was awful. James Cleverly is really not much better. Um, so if you're in the UK, this is now the person you're going to be putting pressure on in terms of uh, the Julian Assange case. So tweet at him message him, send emails, phone calls, whatever you can do. This is your guy. This is the person, your contact point. This is who we need to put pressure on in the UK um, in terms of getting Julian Assange out of prison. Uh, okay, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. You can check out the Substack, um, mistywinson.substack.com. Uh, free to subscribe. There's a write-up for the guest of the day every day, so you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can send me an email at mistywinson at tntradio.live. If you have a guest idea, show idea, whatever it is, uh, hit me up and I will try to get back to you. And while you're at it, why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. And you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Opinions fact-checked. If we don't speak up now, nothing's going to change. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is fun. According to the Israeli Defense Forces, Israeli troops have found an Arabic copy of Adolf Hitler's book, Mein Kampf in a children's room in a house that Hamas allegedly used as a terrorism hub in Gaza. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. So, I mean, this is uh, interesting how they found a completely pristine copy of this book uh, translated in Arabic inside a concentration camp that uh, you can't really get any mail into or anything like that. But uh, tell us what's going on here, Adam. No, miss, you got it all wrong. They did not find it amidst the rubble of the Twin Towers on 9-11. That's when it would be pristine, <laughs> just like the passports from the terrorists who hijacked the planes, right? right no, right. I think this one, this is a well-used copy from what I understand. It's got dog ears, markings, notes, annotations, <laughs> apparently. Uh, in case you missed it, kids, the, this book is the, the book, the infamous book, uh, according to the report I have in front of me, which outlines Hitler's ideology that formed the basis for Nazism and sets out his hatred of Jews, which led to the Holocaust, the systemic systematic, excuse me, mass murder of 6 million Jews in Europe between 1933 and 1945. Just in case you have no idea what we're talking about here. It is a book. All right. Quite literally pages like real book in real life. All right. The IDF stated on X, formerly Twitter, that the book that they found contains, quote unquote, annotations and highlights, and that it was found among the personal belongings of a Hamas terrorist during a raid in northern Gaza. The Israeli military said on November 12th, quote, never again is now. Hamas embraces the ideology of Hitler, the one responsible for the annihilation of the Jewish 
people, end quote. Wow. Uh, during the, the president, Israeli President Isaac Herzog, did an interview uh, over the weekend on Sunday, I believe, with BBC News. Uh, I believe he literally held up a copy of the book. I'm not sure if it was literally the same book that they found there or not. Uh, he claimed it had been, quote, found just a few days ago in northern Gaza in a children's living room that had been turned into a military operations base of Hamas, end quote. Uh, he alleged that the home also contained an explosive laboratory. Um, <laughs> the Hamas fighter who supposedly owned the book had, quote, even marked. He wrote notes and learned again and again Adolf Hitler's ideology of hating the Jews, of killing the Jews, of burning the Jews, of slaughtering the Jews, end quote. Thus claimed Herzog. His office later released a photo purporting to show a page from the book featuring a post-it note and text that had been highlighted, uh, insisting that Palestinian schools were teaching such material to children. Herzog blamed the education system in the occupied territories for the failure of the peace process. Palestinian schools, he said, were, quote, filled with hate, with prejudice, with curses, with all sorts of information, which is totally distorted against what Jews are, what Israel is all about, end quote. Uh, schools and mosques bristled with the works like Mein Kampf and the literature of the Islamic State, IS, formerly ISIS, ISIL, as well as, quote, bombs and grenades and missiles, end quote, Herzog declared. Uh, he rejected BBC reporter Laura Kunzenberg's suggestion that Israel bore a, share, bore a shared responsibility for the stagnation of peace negotiations, instead pinning the responsibility on the Palestinian Authority and, quote, the fact that terror was becoming legitimate in some quarters of Palestinian society, end quote. Israel, he said, had exhausted all possible avenues of peaceful resolution, giving the Palestinians everything they wanted and getting only, quote unquote, terror in return. Uh, at the same time, the protests thronging the streets of American, American city, uh, European and American cities paint a different picture, purportedly demanding a ceasefire in Gaza were actually supporting Nazism, according to Herzog. Quote, all those who demonstrated yesterday, I'm not saying all of them support Hitler, but I'm saying that by omitting to understand what Hamas ideology is all about, they're basically supporting this ideology, end quote. That's right. We've now literally come full circle, Misty. Uh, everyone calling for a ceasefire in Gaza loves Hitler. It's crazy. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. The idea that anybody is buying this stuff is so fascinating to me. And this whole Mein Kampf book, I don't believe it for one hot second. They've lied about literally everything. I mean, not literally. Let's be fair. They might have tell, uh, told the truth about a few things. But as Wyatt Reed, amazing journalist from the Gray Zone, pointed out, just this week, official Israeli government accounts have tweeted, then deleted the following. A video of a fake nurse claiming that Hamas took over Al-Shifa Hospital. False claim that the AP, CNN, New York Times, and Reuters had journalists embedded with Hamas terrorists on October 7th massacre. Video with fake captions claiming a crying elderly Gaza woman blames Hamas for the siege. Graphic asserting Israel Israeli ownership of the of all the occupied territories, including Syria's Golan Heights. False claim that Israel is, quote, facilitating the supply of humanitarian aid to Gaza, Gazan civilians, end quote. And the assertion that hospitals and ambulances constitute legitimate military targets. And that's, y'all, that's just the things that they've deleted. That's There's a whole host of lies that they've been telling that they are continuing to perpetuate. Um, and let's also not forget that they... Uh, 
uh, tweeted out this video of IDF soldiers giving water and like candy bars to Palestinians who were fleeing. Uh, and then uh, people who were at that, the Palestinians who were there uh, and who were essentially survivors of that encounter said that they did that while the cameras were on. And then as soon as the cameras were off, they stole all their luggage and started shooting at them as they ran away. I mean, it, this is, it's ridiculous. So I don't believe for one second that they found a copy of Mein Kampf inside a Palestinian children's living room, whatever that even is. Um, uh, and it's just as I, I just I love George Galloway. Uh, I was watching his show, uh, Mother of All Talk Shows um, on Sunday. He's fantastic. And he said, um, everything that they say is a lie until it's proved otherwise. And that is how you have to treat this at this point. Israel has decades of being known liars. I mean, it's time and time again, they have been proven to be lying. And so uh, you have to take everything that they say. And the, uh, is there some truth mix in there? Of course, there always is. Uh, do I think that they found a copy of Mein Kampf? Absolutely not. I think that they need justification for continuing the slaughter of innocent children. And this is what they think is going to do it. It is beyond grotesque asked me um million or uh, thousands of children have uh, already died there's babies now who are supposed to be in the uh ICU who are now dying because uh the they have no fuel and so generator generators have been turned off babies who are who should be in incubators are now dying uh so it's incubator babies but for real this time and that is also there's also um adult patients who are in the ICU who are also dying as well. And it's just, um, it's absurd. The absurdity knows no bounds. And the uh, the links that they will go to to justify genocide is, it just never ceases to amaze me. But what do you think, Adam? Surely this is all legit, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very convenient. Um, right. Isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's very hard. That's what sucks. I mean, like, things are so crazy in this world. See, like, the, the propagandists, the news media, they did it all to themselves. So even if this was 100% absolutely fact, right, and this really happened, like, who's going to believe it, right? Nobody. Right. Well, so, well again, unfortunately, they, some people. did it. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, when you sit down yeah. and think about it, I, even the people who believe it must be like, wow, what a wow. Wow, it's a good thing we found that so we can show the rest of the world how evil they are. What 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 a stroke of good luck. Even they understand the odds of this being <laughs> real is is not really real. I mean, there's no right? way. I mean, the odds. Just look at the odds. That's all I'm saying. Look, look at the numbers. Oh, speaking of the numbers, interestingly enough, the casualties on at least one side have actually gone down. I don't know if you noticed oh, that, but yeah, the, I did notice yeah, that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The mm -hmm. the attack that was uh, the October seventh invasion uh, was always fourteen hundred Israelis dead is now officially twelve hundred, while the Palestinian side, if we're keeping track, eleven thousand. So yes, winning. And how many of those uh, twelve hundred were killed by friendly fire? Because we now have an abundance of evidence that Israelis were shooting Israelis. Um, so uh, the, it's not even twelve hundred killed by Hamas. Did Hamas kill some people? I have no doubt about that. Was it twelve hundred? Absolutely not. Israel was killing its own people. There's a lot of evidence now out to support that. Uh, and it's also interesting in this uh, article, too, that you just gave us that um, they said that they've been giving the Palestinians everything they wanted. In what universe? The the audacity that it takes to say something like that out loud is mind-blowing to me. But this is, this is what they do. I mean, they just make up their own narrative and they just stick to it. They repeat it as often as they can. Mainstream media and the West just goes along with it. And that's how they've been able to get away with this for so long. I think they're losing, though. I think that the PR game is definitely not. Uh, Caitlin Johnstone tweeted out, uh, she wrote an article about how, generally speaking, anytime there's a war, um, it the, the most popular it will be in terms of public support is right at the beginning. And then as information comes out and as people get tired of it, 
popularity wanes. Well, they're already not very popular with this one. So I can only uh, imagine where uh, that the support for this is going to go. And the more that they keep lying about this stuff, the worse it's going to be for them. Obviously, that doesn't help the Palestinians that are being slaughtered right now. Um, but it does give me hope that this is uh, something that people are wisening up to. So we will see, though. We will definitely see. All right, Adam, thanks for bringing us this story. Hang tight. We're going to be right back with our guest, Russell Dobula, right after this here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Steve Hook. Adam is driving what they call the doxing truck uh, all around Harvard, and he's been doing this for a couple of weeks, and it's basically a truck, uh, LED lighting all the way around it. It's like a big box truck, and he flashes the names of students who have signed a letter that is, uh, well, if you read the letter, it's it's obviously pro-Hamas, and um, obviously Adam has taken issue with that, and he's saying, you know what, if you want to put your name on a letter, don't think you're going to be doing it, um, you know, behind the scenes. We're going to let everybody know who you are, and you should, if you proudly sign that letter, you shouldn't mind this at all. Well, as you can imagine, a lot of people have minded it, um, and even a few of those people that signed the letter originally have now rescinded their signature and said, I don't want any part of this, and part of that is because Fortune 500 companies and other big tech companies uh, taking notes on all of these names, and they're just not going to hire them, and they, a couple of them have come out and said, um, good luck, you're not working for us. Steve Hook on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. residential areas by... And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. More than half of the country disapproves of Biden's job performance. Uh, um, what am I doing here? This is not what the founding fathers had in mind. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh, can you imagine what our founding fathers would think of Joe Biden? Oh, yeah, yeah. What a cartoon. Okay. Anyway, our guest tonight is my pal, Russell Dobular. Russ is one half of the amazing indie media show, Do Dissidents. The show offers a multimedia one-stop shop for left politics and gallows humor, which I cannot survive without gallows humor these days. Uh, in right, uh, <laughs> written audio and video form. You can also find their live streams on YouTube, Rumble, Rockfin, and Facebook. You can find their uh, uh, find the show on podcast platforms and check them out on Substack. And as always, you can find links to all of that stuff over on my Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. Russ, thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on. You uh, decided to gallivant around the globe and go on vacation, which how dare you have, an, have a life, sir? The audacity. Uh, it- no, you know what? I'm coming off like a weather prophet now because people ask me because, you know, I went to India in February mm-hmm. and then I went to Italy and Greece in September. And those are the three top of my bucket list destinations. People nice. say, well, why, are you do- why are you doing all of this now? I said, because World War Three is going to break out right. and I'm not confident that I can do this next year. I got back yeah. on October 5th, October 7th. Boom. Yeah. 
Fun. Yeah. Great timing, my friend. And seriously, I'm so concerned about that too, because not only uh, uh, is it a possibility that travel will become nearly, if not entirely impossible, yeah. but also if they keep blowing up a bunch of historical stuff, it's not going to be there for you to see anyways. So yeah, that that's one of the, that's one of the tragedies when you go to a lot of these yes. sites, like the Acropolis, the Acropolis yeah. was pretty much intact until about the 17th century. It blew up in a military engagement. Um, yeah. so that is true. I, well, and you look at a lot of what happened in the Middle East with the Iraq war, with Afghanistan, a lot of sites like that were destroyed. Yeah. Yes. And it makes me so sad because I'm a history nerd. Um, and I, uh, all of like, I love old buildings. Like even in the United States, we don't have super old buildings, but I love old houses. I just love the feel of them. Right. The idea that, you know, you can, uh, how many, who lived here? What was their life? Like, what did they think about, you know, what, what were their dreams? Like, I love having those conversations in my head. And so it just makes me really sad that we're losing so many of these, uh, amazing locations. Thanks to, um, psychopaths, yeah. you know, it's all good. Uh, so let's talk about Israel Palestine because obviously this is the topic of uh, the the day. Uh, the Why, month, so, whatever. Is something happening there? <laughs> A little something is happening there. Yes, um, I've seen some so, headlines. Yeah, yeah, a few. Um, uh, and we were just talking about uh, the the uh, copy of Mein Kampf that they amazingly found inside of a Palestinian home, despite the fact that they can't even get like food and water into Gaza. Somehow they were able to get a copy of Mein Kampf uh, in there. Um, and I just I just wanted to talk to you about the never ending lies coming out of Israel. Um, and it's just so frustrating to me. And I know it probably is for you as well. Um, the amount of people that still buy into it. And I, I realize it's probably not as many as it used to be, obviously. No. Um, no, but that's no, what I wanted to ask not. you. I I have been saying that Israel is losing the PR war this time. Things are very, it, this time feels different. What do you think? It's, it, well, it's very different, um, especially over the course of my lifetime. Uh, when I was, when I was a child, there was absolutely no diversity of opinion on Israel allowed in the mainstream conversation at all, no. at all. There was uh, absolutely none. And the idea that Israel was a natural, uh, moral um, redemption of the Jewish people in the face of the sufferings of the Holocaust was a completely unquestioned formulation. To question Israel was to profane the memory of the Holocaust. Yeah. But people have moved past that, and that's why you're seeing so many of the attempts to sing that song it just fall flat. People just are not buying that anymore. That's why so much of the so many of these efforts just they're they're just strange. We did a we did a segment last night, Dana, uh, Dana Bash is doing yeah. a documentary on CNN about anti-semitism in america and uh she interviews this woman who is saying out of one side of her mouth let's be clear it's not anti-semitic to criticize israel but this is anti <laughs> what are what exactly is anti-semitic about it and and uh ben burgess actually wrote a great uh piece arguing in defense of the phrase which they're really trying to 
make this phrase verboten from the river to the sea palestine shall be free and burgess argued well that is a vision of one nation in that region with democratic rights and equality for all now israel has got to make that phrase verboten because they cannot allow that conversation because as soon as that conversation begins they have to start to explain what's wrong with that they have to start to explain what about that vision bothers them and they cannot explain that without admitting that israel is by definition on its basic premises an apartheid state if somebody mm -hmm. comes out and says our nation is a christian nation our media freaks out right what do you mean it's a christian nation that's horrible well so what makes you think that declaring your nation a jewish nation has different implications immediately we hear fascism if somebody says that about their nation if it's christian or even if they say it's a muslim nation right we we don't look favorably on that so why is this the one thing you can say our nation is a jewish nation without understanding the very clear implications it is impossible to have that unless you have an apartheid state particularly when you're in a region that's predominantly muslim how else would yeah. you maintain that and the way they get around this very often and for your listeners keep this in mind because this is a very common argument you will hear from zionists they will say but we have arab citizens how can it be an apartheid state the part they're not telling you is that those arab citizens are either among the few remaining survivors of the original nakba 1948 when israel drove the palestinians out of their homes and off their land a small group was managed to cling to their foothold in that land and eventually they were granted citizenship and that gets passed on to their descendants that is a very small number of people and it's useful to the israelis because it acts as a fig leaf that's why when you ever say it's apartheid but we have arabs that's what they're talking about what they don't tell you is Palestinians are not allowed to get Israeli citizenship, not even by marrying an Israeli citizen. They yeah. cannot become citizens. So they have they have this small kind of uh, uh, population that they use to cover up what the nature of the state actually is whenever they're confronted with it. Yep. 100%. And they've been so effective at that. But I think that that has started to lose its effectiveness very quickly over the course of the last month or so. So let's take a quick break and get some headlines. We're going to be back here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. President Emmanuel Macron announced Sunday that his government will introduce legislation this week to enshrine the freedom to have an abortion into the French Constitution. A lion escaped from the Roni Roller Circus in the Italian seaside town of Latispoli near Rome on November 11th. Italy's Mount Etna, Europe's tallest and most active volcano, roared into action on November 12th, spewing lava and ash high over the Mediterranean island of Sicily. For a complete list of shows and our schedule offered on TNT Radio, simply visit our website at tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda, keeping you in the loop on TNT Radio.
All right. We are here with Russell Dobular from the show Do Dissidents. Please go check them out. They're doing amazing stuff over there. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, they've been making fairly regular appearances over on the Jimmy Dore show where they've been killing it as well. Uh, so check that out too. So we're talking about the uh, ridiculousness of the pearl clutching over the phrase from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Um, and it's so interesting. I tweeted this out on November 10th. I said it's ridiculous pearl clutching, especially given that it is Israel who is attempting to take everything from the river to the sea, killing anyone who stands in their way. Once again, pure projection. And I feel like this is uh, very much on brand. It seems as if Israel, uh, most of what they accuse Palestine of doing, or even accuse Hamas of doing, um, is something that they themselves are guilty of, right? <laughs> well, that and that's typical of the entire Zionist uh, mindset. Yes. You know, I mean, it's hard to tell how much of this they believe. I would think most people who profess Zionism, they've done the Orwellian uh, down the memory hole thing. They do the double think, and they don't really think through the implications of what they're saying. We covered uh, Bill Ackman wrote a letter to yeah. Harvard. And um, at one point, one of his examples to show how horrible Harvard's tolerance of these protests was. So what if students were chanting Tulsa, 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 from the Pacific to the Atlantic, um, Harvard would never tolerate that. This is how out of touch with reality Zionists are. To say something like that and not realize that any reasonable person hearing that example would think of the Israelis as the perpetrators of Tulsa in this example and not as the victims of Tulsa. They cannot let that go because this has been how they have deflected criticism for 75 years, right? Holocaust, Holocaust, Holocaust. We're the victims. We're, we're victims of a historic, which they are, uh, yeah. of a historic, monstrous crime. But um, they, they never really want to dwell on Nietzsche's formulation, be careful in fighting monsters lest you become one. This is what has happened. The solution to a monstrous crime was not to in turn commit one as so many abused children do this is an entire group of people acting out their trauma against a people who had absolutely nothing to do with it you yeah. will you will hear i and i've heard from many zionists well so what should have been done what should have been done you know what they should have gotten a piece of the rind too late now but instead of inflicting this on a people that had absolutely nothing to do with that and then to continuously justify it based on so this thing happened to you so now you have a, a moral right to inflict it on them and then there's an element which again in the west particularly when it's coming from muslims we are horrified our mouths agape at any claim that of religious basis for a military action or or acts of conquest were horrified by that chuck schumer head of the senate addressed uh apac and said well the muslims don't accept that that land is ours because they don't with very dismissively they don't believe in the torah so you're, he said that <laughs> so yeah. you're you're claiming that your right to that land is religious because certainly if what you're talking about if you look at the history of the region if what you're talking about is roots there or length of time that you occupied that or governed that region, 
there are four, five, six different civilizations that have a better claim to that region than yeah. Jews do. They yes. they had a they had a kingdom there for a couple of hundred years that ended in 700 BC or thereabouts. That's it. That's it. Yes, the Romans set up a little puppet state, but it was a Roman state. They right. they just set up the House of Herod to govern it for Rome. It was not a Jewish state. It was a Roman state being governed by a puppet uh, government. Um, there was just about a 200 year period that they actually ruled that about 400 years before the birth of Alexander. Now, unless you're making a religious claim, that's that's all you're basing this claim on. So if that's what you're basing this claim on, Iran, the successor state to Persia has a claim. The Greeks yep. have a claim. The Romans yep. have a claim. Like what, yep. what's special about your claim? It's a religious claim, which we frown on in any other context, just like we frown on claiming that your state is defined by a religious belief if it's any other religion. Right. And the conflation between Judaism and Zionism is so disgusting to me. And, and frankly, it is anti-Semitic. It's <laughs> it dangerous. Is. It is incredibly dangerous. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because so many people are missing that whole aspect of it, and they don't see how, um, just period, how dangerous that line of thinking really is. Well, that creates anti-Semitism in that it makes people think that if you are Jewish, you are pro-genocide. Yes. The, these horrific murders of children of women of families that they're seeing every day on their social media if you convince them that that is part and parcel of being jewish what are they going to think of jewish people you're putting people like me like keaton my partner on due dissidence you're putting us in danger we yes. we we don't agree with that and we're not a small minority there were enough of us to no. shut down grand central terminal thousands from Jewish Voice for Peace showed up. Thousands are going out in the streets and marching. Richie Torres, he he put out Ugh. a picture of somebody had scrawled graffiti on. Uh, this is the thing that got him to block me. He blocks everyone as soon as you. Yes, I'm blocked too. Responding. <laughs> yeah, every, he blocks everyone. I mean, I yeah. don't think it's him because it happened so fast. He must literally have somebody working that job to just yeah. look at every quote tweet he gets. Um, but he put up a picture of somebody scrawled from the river to the sea on a synagogue. He says, see, this is the kind of anti-Semitism that's being stirred up by this rhetoric. No, this is the kind of anti-Semitism that's being stirred up by your rhetoric, because the yes. people who wrote that on that synagogue assumed that if you're Jewish, you're a Zionist. That's why they thought that was an appropriate place to scrawl that message. Yep. hundred percent. And that's why I keep saying I got, <clears throat> I got yelled at on Twitter because I said, in my opinion, the most important and um, most critical voice right now is the Jewish anti-Zionist voice. Of course. And somebody, yes. somebody got mad at me and said, how dare you Palestinians can stand up for themselves. And of course they can. That wasn't my point. They've been standing up for themselves for decades. Very clearly, they are quite capable of doing that. However, in the fight against Zionism, in the fight and making the distinction between Zionism and Judaism, there is no better voice 
than the anti-Zionist Jewish voice. And somebody, I remember also somebody got mad at me when I suggested that um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, debate Max Blumenthal. And they're like, well, why should he debate Max Blumenthal? Shouldn't he be debating a Palestinian? And sure, he can. I would love to see that happen too. But Max is Jewish. And I think that that exactly. makes him a very imp important voice in this fight. And it doesn't mean that I'm trying to, quote unquote, silence Palestinians. That's absurd. I have been talking about uh, the plight of Palestinians for years. Um, it, I, I don't think that in any way that they should be silenced or that they uh, can be silenced. They're doing a great job of standing up for themselves despite their situation. So that wasn't my point. My point was in the fight against Zionism, uh, the anti-Jewish or the anti-Zionist Jewish voice is so important. And we're seeing, as you said, millions of people around the world who are Jewish who are saying, no, absolutely not. You're not doing this in our name. You're not going to bastardize our religion and use it for this nefarious purpose. It's just not going to happen. And I think that that is crucial. So we've taken another quick break, but hang tight. We're going to be back with more on TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Children, children, settle down. No more Trump chants. We really, really want to hear from these candidates on the stage, and they worked really hard for us tonight. Children, settle down. Last night's third Republican debacle proved, in large part by the performance of Vivek Ramaswamy, just how irrelevant these so-called Republican debates are. Vivek took the GOP and the moderators hard into the corner before boarding them. He called out Ronna McDaniel for her consistent track record of failure and offered to give her his time so that she could come to the stage and resign. And then he said to the moderators that they should be replaced by Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, and Elon Musk. But his best line of the night was saying, if you want to elect Dick Cheney in three-inch heels, we've got two on stage tonight, referring to Nikki Haley and and Ron disappoints us. Nicely played, Vivek. I see what you did there. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. She was reading at a second grade level in kindergarten. Pod four swimming before she was seven. Finally convinced mom to get her ears pierced in the third grade. Came in second at her fifth grade spelling bee. Drill team in the seventh. And with one stroke of the keyboard, one click of the mouse. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Report a cyber tip today. You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT. All right, we are here with Russell Dobular, one half of the amazing duo uh, over at Do Dissonance. Great show. Check it out. They're on all the Rockfin Rumble Odyssey YouTube if you must. Please try to move away from YouTube, though. They suck. Um, okay, so we were just talking briefly. <laughs> they do. We're on <laughs> Rumble. Do. We're on Rumble. Uh, we're yes. We're trying Go to build our out. Rumble following. Yeah. Everybody try to build the Rumble following. I mean, listen, they're not perfect either, but they're much better than YouTube, and we need a viable alternative to YouTube. YouTube is unbelievably horrific. Um, the censorship that takes place over there is It's just completely inexcusable. Yep. Um, but you know, they don't, they don't have to answer anybody because there is no viable alternative. So if we make a viable alternative, then they might have to change their tune a little bit. So, okay. It, we were just getting there when we were on with it Jimmy is. the other night, his rumble yeah. audience was actually higher at one point. Well, it's Jimmy. I mean, sure. people will go watch Jimmy but, wherever he's at. So sure. Sure. But still like the fact he had a big YouTube audience, but yeah. the rumble audience was a couple thousand higher. Good. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. Um, I think people like uh, Russell Brand, Glenn Greenwald, Jimmy Dore, 
uh, all right. moving to Rumble. I think Jimmy was a little reluctant to do it because, I mean, it's hard. YouTube's a behemoth. It's really difficult. I think people it's are just creatures hard. of habit. Yeah, people are creatures of habit. Um, that's what everybody's been using forever. Uh, it's really hard to get people to change that, to go somewhere else, to try. And Rumble has some work to do. Let's not lie about it. They do. <laughs> they do. They do. A lot of uh, problems with the platform. Yes. Yes. But they're working on it and they can, the more people go there and, uh, patronize, then the more they'll be able to make improvements. So, um, yeah, I try to watch Rumble far more often than anything else. If I have to go to YouTube, it's very reluctantly. Um, so yeah, if you're on YouTube, definitely try to get on Rumble, Rockfin, Odyssey, any other platform you can. It's very likely that they're going to shut you down anyway. If you're any kind of a truth teller, you're not long for YouTube, for sure. Um, okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, <laughs> Jill Stein has now entered the race. <laughs> oh, boy. And yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, like, laughing. Listen, I, 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 I think we're on the same page, Misty. Yeah, I don't dislike Jill Stein. I met her once. She was lovely. Actually, I've met her twice. She uh, 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 came and was a speaker at one of my Assange rallies. She was um, actually very kind at that rally. She thanked me profusely for the quote unquote work that I do, which is always makes me very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but she was very nice. Um, I liked her. She took the time to come down and, and speak at the event. So it's not that I have necessarily an issue with her. You know me. I just don't care about electoral politics at all. I think it's a waste of time. And I just don't know. I don't know what the point is, Russell. What do you think about it, though? I think you have encapsulated the feelings of a lot of people on the left about yeah. it. Yeah. You're you're not you're not seeing the oh Jill Stein that grifter you're not you're not seeing all this uh, vitriol that you usually see. No, you're seeing apathy. You're seeing mm -hmm. like people are just like, yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm not <laughs> interested. I'm not getting involved. I'm not donating. I'm not volunteering. I'm not excited about it. I no. I I got I got stuff going on over here. Uh, I, yeah. No, nobody's interested. Except yeah. as a curiosity, really. Um, it, it the, this whole thing—it's the first real post-Bernie election, and um, it's just—it's just winding up being uh, just just such a clown car of candidates. I'm sorry, yeah. you know, like like Jill. Yeah, we don't have anything against her. Uh, you know, Cornell is uh you know for, for jet that that's some experimental jazz he's playing over there and nobody gets yeah. it um and and our rfk is a lunatic yes. um so you know which is which is unfortunate i i want to make it clear to your audience who doesn't know me i i'm no covidian um i i i don't say that for that reason i no. think the great the great tragedy of rfk is that he had so many valuable things to say and he ruined it by being a nut and when you're going to take these very strong anti-establishment stances it's very important that you not be a nut because you discredit everybody else in the movement you yep. hurt everybody else it, i think you that's been the point off of rfk at, well a lot of people i are think that's the that. point of him yeah right Right. With his CIA yep. daughter-in-law, they're running the campaign right? now. A lot of people are thinking that. So, yep. you know, it's it's just a clown show. And and with Jill now, okay, fine. Go ahead. Do it. I I, I mean, yeah. it's a great troll. I mean, she's such a uh, 
she's such a creature from the deep for the liberal class i mean it's yeah i do love watching the liberals freak out already already the pictures coming up of her sitting at the same table as vladimir putin as if that means something it's so ridiculous like i can y'all how many pictures are there of hillary clinton um hugging or handshaking or standing next to or sitting next to vladimir putin there's lots of them how many over there of joe biden there's lots of them bill clinton lots of them obama lots of them it means absolutely nothing and they pretend as if because she attended an event and was sat at the same table with vladimir putin that that somehow means that she is a russian agent it's ridiculous but i mean it is fun to watch them freak out that is delicious always it's always delicious to watch well, the know, freak out. well i have i have clinton cash right on the bookcase behind me um which gets mm-hmm. into detail about how under hillary clinton state department they approved a sale of uranium to yeah. a russian company uh one of whose investors was a big clinton foundation donor and buddy of bill clinton so you you can make much more of an argument that uh hillary clinton is compromised by russia than jill stein there's much more evidence to support that uh but that that yeah that's not what rachel maddow is going to tell you about no of course not but i mean my 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 buddy my buddy rachel (laughs) screamed at in a synagogue last month Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, you did get screamed at in a synagogue by Rachel Maddow. That must have been fun. No, that would have been well, a lot well, of fun. Well, no, she she didn't scream. She just goes smug. When you oh, yell yeah. at her, because Jose went first, she just doesn't say anything. And then I went next, yeah. she didn't say anything. Ben Stiller tried to get into it with me a little bit, but I don't know mm-hmm. what he was saying. No. I don't he probably didn't know what he was saying um but yeah it's uh, I I agree with you I think most people I mean I just don't um I think most people on the left in terms of the Jill Stein thing and just to be clear because you said you're not a, a Covidian it's not about that we're talking about the ridiculous Zionism we're talking about the yeah, right. neocon talking points when it comes to Iran we're talking I mean the guy pretends to be a peace candidate and then holy backs right. a genocide I mean really my guy and he is um uh he he, he he's really killed. I and I, to be fair I'm not the one who really caught on to the fact that that is probably that he is controlled opposition that is meant to kind of create chaos uh in the kind of anti-imperialist anti-war leftist spaces Sam Husseini was on that from jump I never backed Robert Kennedy Jr right. I always knew that he was um atrocious uh when it came to Israel Palestine um but Sam Husseini shout out to Sam Husseini everybody should go follow him on Substack he is an unbelievable reporter he's also been in the White House press room sticking it to them on a regular basis and it's so much fun um so it's definitely worth uh following Sam Husseini but yeah he has been on to uh Kennedy and his I mean if because even if you look at his COVID stances which is what everybody you know uh Clint, like that was the whole thing that they were willing to overlook Israel's absolute brutalization of Palestine oh but he's good on COVID really you're gonna right, overlook right. the f- oh, that was always gross to me but um he's not even that great on covid y'all if you actually look at uh, his position and you actually look at the things that he talks about he doesn't really talk about um uh um uh oh what's it called why am i blanking um uh gain of function jeez louise uh gain of function he doesn't <laughs> like the big meaty my brain's a little hey, fried it's monday hey, um hey man it's, a, he doesn't it's, really it's talk a lot about- of talking per week you do it is 
Well, it's not too bad. It's only five I, hours. The, 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 the other day, I attributed uh, Alan Parker's entire career to Ridley Scott. And if doing this as long as you have, you can imagine what I got from the comments section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I very rarely pay attention to the quote unquote comment section. Um, I don't pay attention. I have so many trolls that it's just like water off a duck's back. I just don't care anymore. They're my, and I have the dumbest trolls. Like they are genuinely stupid. Um, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm serious, Russ. It's embarrassing. Like I deserve better. Like I deserve better trolls. You deserve a better it. class of troll. Yes. They're so stupid. It's painful. I'll give you an example really quickly. Cause that, it's not about me, but, uh, there was one when, uh, reality winner got released from prison, right? right uh, yeah. everybody started freaking out on Twitter. Cause I didn't tweet right away. Ashley was released from prison and they're like, Oh, see, she doesn't care about whistleblowers because of Russia, blah, 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 blah. And homie, I was at an event on the ground with Gabriel Shipton, who is Julian Assange's brother, literally announcing it live at our event while handing out buttons that say free reality winner. Um, um, and that's how dumb they are. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you know, you know what? So, something that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed it as well. If you make a mistake on the air, you could correct it within 60 seconds, yeah. and you're going to have 50 comments correcting you, in spite of the yeah. fact that you you corrected yourself in a very short window. Yeah. Um, that that's always amazing to me. And I gotta say, in terms of the things people get really butthurt about, that's why I use that example. People really getting their feelings about their fandom, man. If yeah. I talk about like a Marvel movie or something. Yes. Like you, I and it's always, weird I, that people are like that with, um, because pe people are like that with like co political commentators. You should never be that tribalistic about commentators, y'all. I don't want anybody to do that with me. If I screw up, tell me I'm going to screw right. up. I'm not uh, perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. I've never claimed to be perfect. So I don't mind legitimate corrections or um, constructive criticism. I'm always willing to accept that. Um, right. It's very rare right. that people actually give that, though. It's usually just they want to uh, shame you somehow or they want to you know, project something that they think onto me or whatever. It's just... I don't have time for that, but yeah, it's, uh, uh we're all going to make mistakes, especially in the political indie media space. Um, politics is hard. I mean, there's a lot of propaganda. Right. There's a lot right. of stuff you got to like wade through to figure out what's going on. So of course we're all going to make mistakes. And it's just weird that people, uh, I remember uh, or, actually it was just today. Somebody was freaking out about Jimmy Dore, uh, because, or no, maybe it was no, yesterday well, because, because of the, the, yeah, well, the one, the story that he got wrong, the study or something. And I'm like, really, the one, like, that's the one you focus on. That? I, I, I even know what you're talking about. Yeah, like yeah. way, way back. You're talking about this, yeah. like way, way back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what I, what I never understand, I, look, I, I never take, if you like, you know, respectfully disagree with a point or something, yeah. or hey, if I'm it's okay at that. least about like what we're actually talking about. When you get people who start getting into like style points or how much they dislike yeah. you for okay, this is what I don't get about it. I can't imagine caring enough to type that. Right. Like who like who cares? I mean, there's a lot right. of stuff I don't like. And then I, you know what I do? I watch something else. Right. I shut it off. Like it's yeah. not even another thought in my head. Like no. the idea that you got to go on there and be like, and you know what else? You know what really annoying habit this house? <laughs> 
Like, what is wrong with Okay, you, then I, change the channel, yo. I mean, or, or find somebody else. Like, there, Russ, there are people on Twitter who create account after account. Like, I just keep blocking them. They just keep creating new accounts to hate stalk me. Like, to I hate get stalk it. you? Yes, I'm not for you. We have like, one I'm of not, those. I, I yeah. understand. I have lots of those, unfortunately. I'm not for everyone. I fully understand that. Some people think I'm too much. Some people think I'm too loud. Some people think I talk too fast. So I get it. I'm not for everyone. That's okay. I don't even have time to follow all of the people that I like, let alone exactly, exactly like, follow exactly. somebody around on Twitter and like create new account after new account after new account. So y'all get by a plant, it, find a hobby. Is... <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I would say, Miss Day, though. And this is what I try to remember. It's always easy to focus in on those things, especially when this is what you do. Like this yeah. is what you do all week. You got to remember, man, like 99% of people, well, maybe 95, maybe 99 is, is pushing it, but 95, they're awesome. Most of them are awesome. Yeah, Most of them really sure. appreciate what you do and love bomb you and thank you, especially space you're in really uh, so many people really uh, care about the issues around Julian Assange's imprisonment, which you're so strongly associated with your peace activism. I mean, honestly, for me personally, if it makes you feel better, I've never heard anyone say a bad word about you, and it's a gossipy space. Well, that, yeah, that's good. Um, I'm surprised by that. <laughs> no, no. Only, that. only love for Misty everywhere I go, man. Well, that's, I mean, that's fine. And listen, that it's, I don't care. If you don't like me, like, it, that's okay. It's okay. I don't. It, oh, I, I, I didn't I say that I like you. I'm just telling you, you everyone know, else I, I talked to. Well, you do. <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> but literally yeah, no. i'm okay if people don't like me that's fine i'm not for everyone if i'm not your cup of tea cool i mean i get it and I, I, I can't even stand myself sometimes you know what i mean like it's fine yeah. um but uh, it's well, that's not a, okay. that's it that's how we wound up commentators right right it's not okay to obsessively follow me around Twitter, like, like just obsessing over my every word, like just calm down y'all. It's okay. It's not that I'm not that cool. You know what I mean? Like I don't have, I have no money. I have no power. I have no influence. I'm just some loudmouth chick from Ohio who has a radio show. Like go do something productive with your life. It's just ridiculous. Um, I don't know. It's just, well, it's just, well, I, well, I, well, I think that's part of it because at this level, people feel like they have access to you. So there's yeah. a certain kind of person who like wants to affect you, like yeah. they want to get you angry. They want to get you upset, um, which I used to do. I've gotten much better. I don't I don't get angry anymore. Now I just like to like mock them, make fun of them. And then I just mute or block. And sometimes I just mute or block. I don't even bother to engage with them anymore. It took some time for me to learn that because I and it's not even just that they want to affect you. I think they want to waste your time and I have better things to do than argue they want with you to go back and forth. Yeah. Yes, I have better things to do than argue with some four follower, no name, no picture account on Twitter. I just don't have it in me anymore. So that took me some time, but I have gotten a lot better at that. So um, and I just um I I it to me, I um I'm much more focused on now, like the people who I uh who appreciate anything that I do. And I it, Maybe not even because that even that makes me uncomfortable. I'm a hot mess. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Ke well, Ke Keaton, Keaton likes like some members of my tribe has a certain rabbinical uh, poise beyond his years. So from the yeah. beginning, I, I, I mean, it, we kind of trade off. He's a hothead in some areas. I'm a hothead in other areas. We find a balance and we, uh, you know, kind of yeah. keep each other chill. But uh, I used to argue with people much more. 
much more. Yeah, I did too. And and he told me from the beginning, he said, what are you, what are you doing that for? There's no yeah. upside. There's no upside. Why no. do it? There's, what are you wasting your time going back and forth with a maniac for? Like, why yep. are you doing it? Now, like, I will drop into the comments if it's respectful just to, yeah. you know, uh, interact with people who are watching the show. But like that kind of thing, like if somebody makes some like crazy hostile comment, I won't, I won't engage. No, with it's not worth point. your time. It's not worth your time. That's, they just want to get you fired up. So, okay. Unfortunately, Russ, we're out of time. Um, everybody, please go check out Do Dissidents. You can again, find it across all platforms, YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, all the things. Um, as always, you can find um, all of that stuff on my Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. You can follow Russ on Twitter at Russell Dobular, D-O-B-U-L-A-R. Uh, thanks for taking the time to come on the show, my friend. It was good to catch up. I would love to have you back. You're always welcome. Welcome here. Um, I'll be back Thank tomorrow you, with Mr. another show. You're welcome. Uh, as Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and do not go anywhere. Timothy Shea is right after this on TNT Radio.